Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Engineered Destruction. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Monday, February 5th in the year 2024. So, patriots, I had spent some time earlier quite a bit of time, a few hours, preparing for tonight's show. And during the process of tonight's show, was hit with a very powerful Holy Spirit moment. And it's one that's kind of changed the direction, kind of where I was going, and one we're going to need to share, because this is really of a, a pressing feeling of sense of what is coming. And as it's right in line with what we've been saying, which is what is coming is huge. It's bigger than we've ever imagined. So I'm going to get to all of that after we mention, make a mention of our sponsors. So one thing we absolutely know is that we are in a time of crisis. We are in a time also where the deep state and these elites are doing everything they can to take control, to manage us, and to force us to, to comply to their will. The source of their greatest power is food and money, but the first is food. They have disrupted food supply chains. They have burned down processing plants. All of this has happened, and in the process, it is necessary that we take the necessary precautions for a sustained period of time where we're going to have to rely on our, each other and what we have in our stores. This is really a Joseph moment. Gen Z is actually more prepared than Gen X, which is a bit disturbing. And it means we all have to up our game. So right now, My Patriot Supply has available on our website, preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, a one-year emergency food system. It's an amazing value. You get in there, you're going to get 2,000 calories a day individually wrapped in these four-layer packages that have a 25-year shelf life. Great-tasting meals. It's all designed to sustain you during the height of crisis and also mental stress. You can get this whole unit, this whole system for under $2,000, which is an amazing value. So head on over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Make this part of your emergency food system. This is something that you won't have. You'll be worry-free, literally. Put it on the shelf. There it is. And if you need it, it's there. It's an insurance policy for an unknown time ahead. But what is coming is going to be serious. Now, as well as that, you have to worry, but we have to worry about finances. And we know that you had an, you've worked hard for your retirement money. You've worked hard for putting money aside. Many have 401ks and IRAs. And those are at risk with this fiat currency because there's nothing these, these psychopaths would like to do more than to strip away your wealth and all your hard-earned wealth and turn it into whatever they want to do with it because it's fiat money anyway. This is why we have Birch Gold. They're the experts in this field. They deal with precious metals, gold and silver, backed IRAs, then deferred retirement accounts. So all you need to do is text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898, BARDS to B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. They'll send you a free information packet, read through it, 
get to understand what they're trying to, what they have to offer, then give them a call. They can help you through this decision process of setting aside, getting your retirement accounts secure in precious metals and making the decision to get precious metals in your life to back what you have. This is an important time that we look at both food and the precious metals backing of what we have. We are needing to get back to real currency, real money, real food, real self-sustainment and away from these psychopath systems that we currently live in. So again, first, my Patriot Supply, you go to preparewithbards.com, Birch Gold, you text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898. You can do that today. Okay, I'm going to set this story up tonight with something I was working on earlier that just kind of provoked this whole experience, and it's a disturbing story. And I want you to hear this, and then we're going to get into what I have to share. She was in a health food store to get some supplements on, like right by her place. She lives in Edmonton. And she said the owner kind of looked a little bit distraught. And she knows her, like, like because she's been there enough. And she goes, yeah, everything okay? You okay today? And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I just had a really bad day. And she said, well, what's going on? She goes, I had a, a, a mother and a 10-year-old son come in today. And she goes, I could see that they were upset. And I could see the mother had been crying. And so I went up to her and said, hey, are you okay? And... Um, <clears throat> And uh, are you okay? And she said, she told her what happened. So get this one. I'm going to change the thing. I'm going to run out of time. This girl was 13 years old. Her daughter was 13 years old and she was sick and they were having troubles figuring out what was wrong. And they finally discovered that she had cancer. So she had to go to the stallery and stay there and start treatment. So the mom and the dad took her and got her all settled and everything. And then they were just going to run out for an hour um, and just get her some stuff. She needed some stuff. So they popped out came back within that hour the evil pieces of garbage doctors and nurses at the stallery convinced this 13 year old daughter this 13 year old girl to kill herself with maid and she signed a paper saying she wanted maid and they killed her two days later so this was the day before this mother the mother had come in the day the day after her daughter had been murdered and there's nothing they could do they couldn't stop it because the little girl signed it this was in edmonton freaking alberta trudeau oh Oh, there's a special place in hell for that man. I take that back. There's a special place in hell for that reptile because he's not human. He's completely devoid of a soul. It's sickening. My advice to all parents is to keep your kids the hell away from any hospital in this country. I mean, certainly in this province, but in this country. Like, this is beyond comprehension. So, and if, and if, and I'll tell you something else. If you do, I mean, I wouldn't have left my kid. I think, I, um, We've never left our kids alone in a hospital, but, you know, whatever. I don't know what the deal was. You know, I don't know the entire story, right? But it's sick. So I listened to that in preparation for tonight's show. And as I was working through this process and having a conversation with a friend, there was unbelievable presence that hit before me. And what I saw was something that I would say if you weren't prepared, you'd be on your knees, literally shaking. And what it was was the, an image, a presence of God's war angels, like the, the Lord of hosts that stood before Joshua. But it's like nothing I'd ever seen. These were not like we like to think of, of just like angelic, happy angels. These were literally beings armored up with literally like fire running through them, fire running off their hands of their swords. Their armor was intense. They were, they were a centurion 
level, massive, intense. You looked at them and you knew that there was not a demon around that could ever stand against them. And as I'm witnessing this, a hand is extended out and it says, fear not. (laughs) The overwhelming power of the true depth of love within God, but the power of love was there. It was like something I've never experienced before. It was fear not, but it was, it was an intensity to know that justice was there before me. This was judgment that I was sitting here looking at. So I, I got off the call and I took a moment and I went in to the kitchen to prepare a coffee just to get ready for the show. And I just began to weep. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. And as I'm weeping, I, I just hear myself, it's like, I've got to go back. And I need to literally need to sit and, and, and get into scripture. So I close the Bible. And I it's the Founder's Bible. And I, I just pray and I say, Father, just guide me to where you want me to read before the show tonight. And so I, I run my finger, my thumb up. I seldom do this. I don't, I don't like reading the Bible this way, but I did today. I just like, I need to find out where God wants me to be. So I ran my finger up the edge of the Bible until I just felt Holy Spirit say open. And I opened it and I sat there in awe. My jaw drops. In the Founder's Bible, at the beginning of the New Testament, on the right side is a picture. And it says above it, it says New Testament. And a man is sitting here looking out a window, gazing as if to reflect on where we're going. And on the left side is an unbelievably beautiful sketch of Jesus. And under it is Luke 10, 19. The words, for the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. And I just began to pour out tears. And I knew what it meant. This whole moment there became very clear in reading scripture, in reading Luke I said 10, 19, 19, 10, excuse me, Luke 10, 19, 10. As I was reading Luke 10, 19, 10, it just struck me that what I'd just been shown was the meaning of why we hear 365 times in the Bible, fear not. It was the meaning of what is to come. There is a massive, massive shift of coming in the presence of our Lord of reckoning that's coming upon us. And that word reckoning is there. It's a righteousness that is coming at us right now. It's a righteousness of the Holy Spirit. It's a righteousness of God's true and most elite war angels that are coming here, and they are taking literally no prisoners. These, are, these were beings that were so intense that they don't even, you don't even hesitate to know that their heart was truly with those of believing in Christ and everything else before them, any demon before them would be slain. And you had no... No doubt that every battle they engaged in, they would be victorious and that they would bring judgment upon the damage that they have done on this earth. This was so intense. And I speak this tonight confident that what I witnessed was that of Holy Spirit. Confident that this is consistent with messages that so many have been getting. That that there is a moment coming now. There will be a moment that none of us will ever forget. It was a moment that will shake the world. 
It is a moment coming that will bring the judgment of God's hand upon this earth for all the damage that was done for the evil like this of killing innocent children, of leading them and deceiving them to bring them to their death, an arrogance within the demonic that thinks that it is bigger and greater than God, the weakness of those around that worship that because they think that their God is greater than God. And this is all a lie. For the greatness of what we are about to face will be the true hand and the mightiness of God, a presence of Christ that will be so profound that it will literally bring every person to their knees weeping. And it's for that reason that these words are spoken again. It's like, fear not, for this is a time now to dig into Scripture. We've been talking this for weeks, for months. But there's an urgency upon my heart tonight. There's an urgency and a presence that is so profound that it's, it's now is the time. And it's the time now to get, take the calling that we have within our hearts to spread the gospel and to do everything we can to step in and to be the warriors. That was another part of the vision is it? I was, it was a hand that asked me to join them. He said, come with me. And it was as if I had made it through something. And I don't even know what that is, but it was like I had made it through and there was a welcoming me into the ranks. And I was okay with it. It wasn't, there was no fear. There was almost a, 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 a relaxing feeling, a, a feeling of finally it's here. But there was this understanding that what we've been doing, the fight that we've been doing, we've been using just, we were literally children. And that was another piece to stand in the presence of these beings. We could see yourself as just a little child infantile in the in the presence of this but yet special because we're God's children and in that specialness and in that infantile moment we were waging a war just almost like the way I would describe it of children throwing sticks and stones against a, just a mighty beast but it was the respect of knowing that you never gave in that you leaned in and you fought with everything you had and now and and now God's greatest warriors we're, we're here to bring the judgment upon the evil that was killing the children I cannot describe to you the power of this moment and so it is a moment now that it's asked you to join me in prayer because it is so important that we, we step in. It is so important that we lean in right now to our Father and to pray in faith with Him. Father God, we just pray in this moment just a, a, a great thank you and we put ourselves before the throne humbly and just being able to experience a word of such power and such force, a word of such strength to know that heaven is right here. This fight we wage at times has seemed so difficult to wage and win, to keep our eyes on hope, and we're reminded of the depth of evil as we hear of a little girl, truly 13 years old, isolated, alone, not knowing Jesus, and being persuaded by the pure evil to sign a death notice for herself as those around her willfully put her to death. That evil has no words. That evil that takes life like that is beyond our comprehension. And yet, Father, we sit here 
with this moment. And even I, and I just pray that the, what you shared with me today can be shared within all the hearts that listen to this, that this is a moment now to remain focused within the word, not to have vengeance corrupts your heart, but to have the knowledge and confidence that God's greatest warriors are now on the scene. That our presence, our standing is the greatest thing we can do. That we must stand in our faith, be unwavering in our love for God, be unwavering in our prayers and love for the children. And to be not afraid in this hour to go deeper than we've ever gone into scripture, to trust more wholly and more fully in God than we ever have before to cast away any doubts or concerns, to shed any of the burdens of worries of this ridiculous world because this is a world of a fallen world that uses every tool possible to convince us that we are lesser when we are greater than all. And it's like having, it's, it was like having a moment in this moment, Father, when suddenly that big brother you just didn't know you had stepped in on the scene and said, okay, little brother, Step aside. For this battle is mine. This battle is one that I will win. And together we will, together, we will witness the victory over this most evil and vile force. Forgive me for my tears. This is so unbelievable. Father, bless us all in this moment. Let the hearts feel all that you shared with me. So, Father, this is truly a blessing. And it's, let this fire of this moment rest in the hearts of all to understand the importance now more than ever to let go of any fear, to let go of any anger, to let go of any hate and know that in the confidence of this moment, the, your greatest warriors are now on the scene and what is about to erupt and evolve before us, we will need all of our faith to stand in alignment with one another as we will be part of this great battle to destroy evil, to literally cast out these demons and cast them to the lake of fire for eternity. And we pray a blessing over the children, Father, something that just hurts our heart every day, to guide us in this hour, to continue to pursue that which you ask us to pursue, to, to walk the steps which you need us to walk, and to lift these children up in our prayers with each and every step. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 5, nine, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Let us be truly the peacemakers of this hour. And don't misconstrue what that means. For those angels, those war angels represented peacemakers. For they were here for God's children. And they were here to slay evil. But we have to now have the understanding in this hour that this fight is God will fight for us. We have to stand. And if there's anything I felt there, there was, it was this incredible moment of realizing how 
undermatched we were to what they were. And yet it was the graciousness of admiring the fight that we had against this evil, totally outmatched, totally outgunned, and yet throwing everything we had at it. It was a respect. It was a love of a most profound kind to know that we had held the line and we will continue to hold the line. And now evil will be judged in the most intense way. I don't even know if I'm giving words the justice of what this experience was tonight. I'm doing the best I can to put this together. 2 Timothy 2. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider that I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. The Lord's bondservant, continue at 24 to 26. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all able to teach, patient when wronged, with the gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. That last passage is so important because we are dealing with people that are literally being held captive by an evil, literally being held captive by a devil. And this is an hour which we must separate truly the flesh from the demon. We must separate the sin from the sinner. And that is our job on a daily basis to preach the word, to introduce, if people don't know, the word of Jesus, to remind them, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which has, was lost. Luke 19.10, again, over and over. This is such a profound moment in our time and history of which we live. We have so much, we should be so honored to even be in this time. And then the warning to Peter too. But in those days, false prophets arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will sub subtly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the masters who brought them bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways, and because of them, the way of truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false arguments and twisted doctrine. Their sentence of condemnation, which God has, has decreed from a time long ago, is not idle, but is still in force. And their destruction and deepening misery is not asleep, but is on its way. A reminder again of what is coming. A powerful time of judgment is upon us. And then to remember the founding scripture really for Bard's nation, which was in Bard's, in Bard's Fest 1, Jeremiah 6.16, Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look, ask for the ancient paths where the good way is, then walk in it, 
and you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. We are in a time now of choice of deciding truly whom we serve. Let me play a piece here by a woman by the name of Laura Abadal, Abali, excuse me, Abali. It's a really a powerful piece on what we face in terms of our enemy. The final goal is to eradicate humanity as we know it. Once you understand the final destination, it becomes much easier to look back and identify the psychological conditioning, the biological tampering, the cultural grooming and the educational prepping that we have been subjected to for decades in preparation to making us accept a post-human future. It takes a lot of physical and psychological abuse to get an intelligent species like ours to agree to its own extinction. Most, if not all, that has transcended in the last 60 years was designed to get us closer to accepting such a dystopian reality. Whether you care to accept it or not, we live in a hyper-controlled matrix where our perception of reality is meticulously planned, managed, and executed in order to control and steer us in whichever direction they wish. And the direction is a post-human world. For this, they first needed to destabilize, dehumanize, and demoralize humanity through every means possible. The destruction of the nuclear family, children being indoctrinated by the state, abortion, the eradication of God and spirituality from education, life in mega cities and away from nature, toxic food, air and water, social media, replacing real human connection and interaction, engineered financial crisis and taxation, endless wars and massive migration, stress, anxiety, depression, drugs and alcohol, constant fear-mongering, moral relativism as the new religion. And I could go on and on about how humanity has been influenced and forced to move away from all the things that give us strength, security, purpose, and meaning. A weak, immoral, disconnected, ignorant, and unhealthy population is an easy target for the next stage, the creation of an entire generation of androgynous beings. Masculinity is under attack psychologically, culturally, and biologically. Women are being replaced in sports, entertainment, and politics by men pretending to be women. And children are being indoctrinated at school to think that gender is a choice. The transgender movement is not a grassroots movement. It comes from the top. It has nothing to do with people's freedom of expression, sexuality, or civil rights. It's an evil psyop to, with a clear agenda to get us closer to transhumanism by making us question the most fundamental notion of human identity, our gender. If you already identify as a hybrid between a man and a woman, you will be easily convinced to become a hybrid between human and machine. Gender ideology is the two plus two equals five from George Orwell's 1984 dystopian novel. It's the final test to see whether we will follow the most absurd party line towards our own extinction. 
that two plus two equals four. And no matter how you choose to dress, call yourself, or change your physique, will not change that. The sad reality, though, is that in the gaslighting process to get us closer to a post-human future, they have mentally and physically harmed an increasing number of children and young people, and it's only getting worse. This must be stopped. There was 153 fish taken in by Peter in the net. And today I was given two words from two separate people. There are 153 nations pouring across the border. The harvest is here, and it's God's harvest. And this is a time we also have to reposition our thinking. The word given on Saturday night during the show was we were getting it wrong. That those which we call illegal aliens, God is bringing them here to be saved. We will sort out that for which is evil. That's the threshing, and they will be dealt with handily. But God is preparing for a massive change. He's preparing for a massive redeployment of his people across the globe as they come here to be saved, come here to be delivered, and then are going to go back out to their homelands, their countries, to now bring the power of Jesus into their homes and into their lives and into their own governments. We have such an important time and hour. We are here. And this is, again, a variation of Habakkuk. This book of Habakkuk, which speaks truly of the Babylonians coming into Israel and the misery and the questioning with Habakkuk asks God, why are you showing me these things? Why are you showing me where law fails? And God reminds him, he says, if I show you the things that I'm doing, you would not, be, you would not believe what I'm doing across the world. Our hour here now, every one of us has such an amazing calling. We are here in this time, literally, for just such a time as this, at its selected hour in which we are. The cloud of witnesses looks down, literally in awe. And there's so much going on in this time. So much we have to be aware of. So much psyop happening everywhere. So much we have to continue to be focused on. And it's not safe to just let things be. Our greatest weapon in this fight is war. In this war is our prayer. And our prayers are powerful. They're the greatest tools used in this fight to literally slay evil and to separate them from what we see. And we have to be prepared for what is coming because what is coming is not going to be easy. It's not going to get better. I want to play an older piece from Julian Assange, very relative. Take a listen. There is no society anymore. What there is is a transnational security elite that is busy carving up the world using your tax money. To combat that elite, we must not petition. We must take it over. We must form our own networks of strength and mutual value, which can challenge those strengths and self-interested values of the warmongers in this country and in others that have formed hand in hand an alliance to take money from the United States, from every NATO country, from Australia, and launder it through Afghanistan, launder it through Iraq, 
wander it through Somalia, wander it through Yemen, wander it through Pakistan, and wash that money in people's blood. We have seen we have seen such deceit in our nation. And all of this is orchestrated by a global criminal cabal, a transnational, transgenerational cabal that has organized itself above governments, infested governments, and led us all astray. They have led us to things to our own destruction and willfully encouraged us to do self-destruction. We have seen this happen in the most intense ways with this COVID con, but it's been happening for years. The burdens of taxation, the burdens of of abortion, the burdens of all of these things, and just openly stealing our lifestyle, our lives, our hopes, our dreams from us, and then just laughing at us. This is a post that was got on True Social by Julian's Rum. Had an annual physical a week ago. Not once did my doctor recommend getting the COVID vax. A year ago, he wouldn't shut up about it. Wonder what happened. We know what happened. They accomplished a good portion of their mission, and now they've been told to be silent because they're afraid of what's happening around them as people are waking up, becoming aware of what's happening. This time in which we live, truly, is a time when we have the power before us to take this down, and we have to take it all down. Babylon has to burn to the ground. And at the core of that is truly one of the greatest challenges we have, which are the people themselves. If you're familiar with the meme called the NPC meme, this piece is about this. It's important to understand the challenges that rest before us. It's right from the Matrix. What is an NPC? Uh, you don't know this meme? Is that a Scientology thing? What? This is ages. Yemen's Houthi. Hold on a second. Here we go. Let's try this again. What is an NPC? Uh, you don't know this meme? Is that a Scientology thing? No, non-player what? character. Non-player character. What, you don't know about this? Do I get to tell you the NPC meme? Yes. This is the most important Please meme of our do. lifetime. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. Breaking it down as quickly okay. as possible. I'm going to show my age. Okay. When, you, when we were younger, we played games like Final Fantasy and Ultima, right? Mm-hmm. And in those games, you go to like the armor store or the weapon store, and you buy your sword or you buy your armor. Right. There's a guy running that store within the game. Yes. He does not exist outside of that store. Right. That character, all he does is buy armor and sell armor. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a kid. You go there at midnight, he's there. You go there at 8 a.m., he's there. Right. He's the player characters you're playing. He's the non-player character. And the point this meme makes is the vast majority of humans are non-player characters. They have no pro- mind outside their programming. So they call it MSNPC or they'll call it NPC as the network. And you'll go, like the press corps, they'll be like, Orange Man Bad, Impeach 45, Russia. And that's all they know how to say. And you see this on Twitter, where it's one thing where people say cliched ideas, but they'll say cliched ideas in a cliched way. Yeah. And it's like, you have no mind. You're just repeating what has been programmed to you in your script. And as soon as you mention certain terms, there's there's a knee-jerk speech that they give. And once you identify it, it's like the Matrix. Like you see Agent Smith everywhere. Agent Smith everywhere is absolutely correct. And that's just part of the deep programming that's happened around us. Our engagements now are more important than ever. I've said this to you many times before here, the stories that I'm not going to beat up again here tonight, but the, the role of the importance in Afghanistan of literally sitting down with warlords and Taliban and elders to engage them over rice and goat or rice and chicken or whatever they had. It was meals, it was breaking bread, it was having conversations. It was the most important part of the war effort. 
It was the one-on-one. It allowed you to see another man's heart. It allowed you to reveal what they were there to do and what their objectives were. If they had malintentions or if there was truly an honesty in offering a token of peace. Those were dangerous meetings at times, sometimes not, but always in a certain sense dangerous because you're always in an occupied territory, always or a, a territory you were occupying that they saw you as the occupier. We're in a very similar role here, here today. We are the outsiders in the middle of a matrix of our fellow Americans, our fellow people, and wherever you live in this world. Your fellow citizens around you are wrapped into the matrix and you're having to engage with them. But there's never a more important tool in this war than to engage with them to sit down, break bread, have a conversation. And I would encourage everyone to always pray at the end or the beginning, but always pray. Ask ask somebody if you can pray for them. Ask what they have going on and pray for them. And when you do, declare those healings, declare those authorities within Christ. Authorities we were given here as the sons of God, as the children of the Most High. Don't be bashful. This is the root and anchor of our faith. And this is now where we step in as greater warriors than yesterday. Each day we get bigger and stronger because we're leaning into God more deeply. We're trusting in him more profoundly. And we're placing the right position on this fight of where the greatest war is being fought. And it's in the spirit. The reflections of what we see in the flesh is happening first in the spirit. And when we understand that role in that walk, We're truly walking in the power and blessings of Holy Spirit. And it's where we need to fight. And it's where every one of us has a fight to make. There's so much eagerness at times in this nation to want to literally step in and fight in the Second Amendment sense, the trigger, the musket, the sword. But there's a reason the First Amendment was first. It's not just freedom of speech. It's freedom of faith, freedom of religion. It's the freedom to bring God into this country as one nation under God. And in that mightiness of that hour, I can tell you that there is nothing more powerful than a person that walks in faith, that faces their enemy and walks with the the blessings of God and Holy Spirit in your heart. And the enemy cannot stand. The enemy cannot stand. The enemy will move. We've just seen this happen on the border. And what's happening there is, is having ripple effects. There's things that are happening now in Texas because of that that are unbelievable, and I'll get you updates on those, but I can tell you there are shifts that should not have happened except that God was there. And the patriots that went there went there to be with God. So they had people on the first day, Friday, before they even had the official rally. They weren't even prepared. They were coming up to the, and I got this from Robert, a, Robert Agee today. They weren't even prepared to baptize people, and people were coming up to the stage and saying, I need to be baptized now. The power of Holy Spirit is moving in this nation. And again, back to that vision I had, there is no doubt that war angels are here and ready to fight, and it will be a mighty fight. And there's no doubt who's going to win. And the evil that has waged upon this nation, upon this world, the darkness that it has done, will be brought to judgment and justice. But our role has to become more powerful and more steadfast. And it's the hardest walk to make. It's the walk of ridding our hearts of vengeance. We cannot have vengeance in our heart right now because vengeance does not get us close to the throne. We have to be in prayer. We have to be releasing that judgment and justice to God. We need to be confronting our fellow man truly with the heart of Jesus. And that doesn't mean everybody gets a hug. 
but it is really confronting evil with the authority of God. It's confronting those that are broken with the authority of God. It is confronting those that walk within Jesus with the authority of God. It's being able to discern and it's being able to confront that with the confidence, the authority and all that we are given because it's there that when we are walking, even in the presence of evil, true evil in that moment in time, that true evil that feels the presence of God has no place because the first place that evil rests isn't in the corrupt, isn't in the flesh, but it rests in the spirit because the hearts have become corrupted. We aren't born into this world as evil. This is one of the biggest distortions ever. And unfortunately, I think where the root of this comes from is too many times is when we say we are born in sin, people somehow, there is a this aberration that happens, especially when they aren't walking in faith and the understanding of who Jesus is, that somehow God's birthing evil into this world. God is not birthing evil into this world. This is a fallen world. And we have to understand that because as people come subject to fallen, fallen influences, that's demonic in the sense of drawing them into the darkness. And it's really our role to rescue them. We are part of the greatest rescue mission of all time. And as the fight is being waged in the spirit, our mighty fight in the flesh is to draw out that demon and to face it and to, to slay it, to send it on and to bring that person back to God. Not all will be saved. There are many that will choose their way. And hopefully I can say some rather than many. There are some at least that will choose their allegiance with Lucifer himself. And they will burn that, that outcome. And they will have made their choice and they will be sent to the lake of fire. But this is a time more than ever that that line is becoming exceedingly clear. Nobody can walk in the middle. You can't walk down the middle and say, okay, I'm going to play both sides. That time is over. We are in a time of accountability a time of judgment, a time of justice. And if there's any message that we have to convey to our fellow man, it's that. If you have somebody that's even angry and just doesn't even want to talk to you, just pray for them. If you have somebody that is wrapped around this ideology or ideal thinking that we're all going to go back to normal, express to them that that's not going to happen and then pray for them. We are planting seeds because when this great shaking comes, there's, they're going to have to find a place to turn. I am confident in what I'm going to say here, that as the sons of God walk within him, we will be set aside from what we are going to experience, but we are going to be called to the line in a greater way than we've ever imagined before. Walk with the authority and confidence of who you are. We are literally warriors of Christ. And in this hour, we need that more than ever. And you have to put everything in the framing of how would Christ look at things? How would Christ engage this person? How would Christ be in this moment? We know that Jesus had an unbelievable compassion for people, but we also know that the one thing that's interesting is Jesus didn't spend a lot of time in the nonsense of the daily gossip and things. Jesus was there to bring the message in that morning when, they, when his disciples found him at the river praying, Master, Master, where have you been? And he's told, they're waiting for you. And his response is, let us go to the next village and complete what we came out to do. He's leaving them behind because he's not there to be worshipped upon. He's given them the seeds of what they need so that they can now find their way. There's many more to touch, and he understands that. When we each take that mantle upon us to understand the importance of giving the message, of getting the seeds sown and not wasting any opportunity to do it, we're taking the mission that God needs us to the next level. 
And in this hour, there's nothing more important to do than to do that in our communities, to engage each and every person, to bring that message, that love of Christ, that confidence of where we are, the importance for people to seek out Scripture in the Word. This is going to be the foundation of getting through this. Again, Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So much has been lost, and what is to come now is to, re- to seek and save it. And oh, we are actively part of that mission, each and every one of us. It is truly a profound hour in which we live in a profound time to live, and it won't get easier. It's going to get more challenging. But we get through this through the knowledge of who we are. Take a listen to this piece. I got a story for you. So when I was a kid growing up on the farm, me and my brother and my cousins would play outside of my grandma's house a lot. And one day I was running through her kitchen and she's standing at the stove and she says, come here, I wanna show you something. On the stove, she's got three pots of boiling water. And set to the side, there was three different containers. One had eggs, one had potatoes, and the other one had coffee beans. She puts each of these items in a separate pot. And as they cook for a while, she's telling me stories about her childhood. She tells me about my mother and just about life in general. And those are some of the things I really miss about her the most was her stories, her cooking, and just the overall time I got to spend with her. After a little time went by, she says, take a look at this. She pulls one of the eggs out of the pot and says, before I put this egg in the boiling water, it was soft on the inside. But after being exposed to the heat, now it's hard. She peels the shell off of it and lets me see for myself. Does the same thing with the potato. Before I put this potato in the boiling water, it was hard on the outside. But now it's soft. Then she gets to the third pot. I can already smell the aroma of the coffee. I still remember how pleasant it was. And she says, pay attention. When I put this coffee in this water, it reacted differently. Instead of letting the heat of the water change the coffee, the coffee changed the water. You're gonna face a lot of adversity in life a lot of hot water, but in these moments you have a decision to make. Are you gonna let that hot water make you soft? Are you gonna let that hot water harden you? Or are you gonna change the water? Just a little change in your perspective can change everything. Life is hard, it's gonna get harder, but if you apply some love some compassion, some understanding to the adversity that it brings you. If you apply some of that to the hot water, then you can be a coffee bean too. Be the change that you want to see in this world because it all starts with you. It all starts with each and every one of us sowing seeds. By the way, that was soul underscore therapist on TikTok. Patriots, in this hour, we literally is seeking the one, not the 99. There's been a great threshing that's occurred over the last three years in particular, but it's an increasing 
level test that we've gone through. And each step of the way, there's been those that have been set aside. Right now, those that are actively in the fight know that this is the war. It's not coming later. It's not something we're waiting for in some future dystopian horizon. The real fight is now. And that urgency has to be upon your heart now to step in and to raise that level of awareness in all. For those that are pondering what will happen next or trying to forecast what we where we go, trying to plan out some sort of response down the road, we're missing what is most important now. God is calling us in this hour. And so be not afraid. As I was shown tonight, be not afraid. Because whatever we see now, we will know in our heart, as I knew tonight, it was of God. As intense as this image was, as mighty and as ferocious as these warriors were, I knew their heart because I could feel it. And their heart was such a deep and loving compassion for God's children. But I truly can say, I pity the demon that falls before them. Because there will be no mercy in their heart for the demons that have done the damage they have to God's children. Have that confidence in your heart. Know that God is right with us in every step. Jesus is here, around us, with us. And as difficult as these paths have been, this has been a necessary part of the walk because it's been about the 300, not the 32 or 33,000. It's Gideon's army in a metaphorical sense that's being raised up because God needs that purity in heart to be able to destroy this enemy. He doesn't need everybody. But in the end, it's always about bringing the many home. We are part of the greatest rescue mission in the history of humanity. The cloud of witnesses will look down upon us in awe of where you are. Wherever you are, if you feel alone, if you feel it's over, it's too much of a mountain to climb, lean into Jesus. Let him lift off that burden off your back to know that this is an hour in which you were put there to do a great thing. This morning, we prayed for somebody, Cindy, whose entire family is suffering the consequences of the vax. Her sister, her father, her mother, her uncle. She is the sole caretaker of all of them. And I prayed on it this morning and I thought about it all day. And what I realized is the reason she's there, as heavy as that burden is, is she's the only one that could carry that burden. And it's for that reason that God has her there. And as difficult as it is to witness... She is there to lead them wherever he, God needs them, but he, she is there to lead them to Christ. Our missions before us now is a world that has literally been ambushed and ravaged by an evil beyond measure. And as frustrated as we have been in the past, as we have fought aggressively to prevent people from doing the stupid thing, anymore it doesn't matter because the only thing we are to do now is to be there for the, our fellow man, our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors, to gird them up, to strengthen them, to lift them up, to pray for them, to, to bring them to Christ and hopefully heal them. And for the news, this amount of flow that's coming in our nation, we need to save them from the hands of evil that's literally trying to take them into the bowels of hell and make them part of their army. We steal them back to kingdom by introducing them to the glory of Jesus, saving them, delivering them, and putting them before the throne. They need to be reborn in the body of Christ. We have never had a greater mission 
we could never have been asked to do a greater mission than what we are now because it's the few that truly have been that remnant, that true sense of remnant that is called in this hour to come to the line and say, Father, I'm here, send me. And send me means he will put you where he needs you. And to have faith and trust in where you are is exactly where you need to be. Cast out fear. If you're in the inner city, don't worry about where it's going. Trust that Father has you right now exactly where he needs you. And listen closely to what he shows and leads you to do. Dig deeper into the word. Pray more aggressively. Pray with intent. Take on and pray together to take on strongholds. Pray against this evil. And there's a lot of it. And do it with the confidence and the authorities that Christ gave us. For we have dominion over all evil. Not just to step on snakes and scorpions, but dominion over all evil. And he tells us not only we can do what he can do, but greater works than he. Have that confidence in your heart. Because I will tell you, the witness that I was given before this show, to experience what I experienced, I can tell you that that part of our heart is recognized in heaven. And it's there. It's not just recognized, it's admired. Because all odds are against us. And yet, we faithfully will hold our line knowing that God is with us. And that takes a level of courage and faith that few have. So lift yourself up and know that as you walk that path, Christ is right with you. And we're only being strengthened more. And this is the hour now to be more bold, to be more authoritative in the sense of the authorities given to us, and yet to seek that deeper walk as Christ would see this world. Seek the heart of Jesus in all things. And understand that way is not our way. That way isn't our emotions. It's the way of Jesus. And it's not the easy way. It's not ever going to be the easy way. But it's the way we learn and the way we grow and the way we win this fight because that's what God's asking of us. It's what he needs us to do to trust in him so that he can reset this world with Jesus on the throne. Let's pray. Father God, I'm just deeply humbled tonight for this assembly to come together truly in an hour of such critical importance, an hour where truly we are trying and continue to pursue this evil with all that we have. We're blessed with a message tonight, truly, that gives us a glimpse of the might of heaven, the power which heaven is ready to deliver, and the knowing that that time is soon to come. We know, Father, that you're patient and your timing is not delayed, but it is always to secure that which is to bring as many and to save as many as we can. And so we pray in tonight to the patience of all of us, we pray into a patient heart, one that sits vigilant in each and every moment, one that pursues the authorities that we are given, one that walks that path of the fivefold ministry to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, to walk in the prophetic and to seek the apostolic and to bring it into our daily life. And most importantly, above all that, to pursue and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in every single walk we have. That's the tools of war that we carry, Father, with the weapons of prayer that we have above all and the name of Jesus, which conquers all. And so, Father, we pray into this moment and say, bless us with that wisdom. Bless us with your eyes 
as you want us to see this world. Bless us with the ears that's how you want us to hear what is in this world. And bless us with the words that Holy Spirit will flow out from us, that we may speak the words into the world that will literally awaken hearts and drop the scales from people's eyes. And above all, Father, we seek only to honor you in all things, humble before you, obedient to you. Guide us, Father, with the clarity that we need to discern what's before us and to be a continued strength and force to reckon with in this time as your mighty army takes position for the final strike. We say all these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All I can say is be assured and be confident and be joyful in your heart. This is a great time to be alive. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body